0: Welcome to Dumb Love. I'm Sally Brooks. And I'm Jen O'Neill-Smith, and this is a podcast about all of the dumb things that people will do for love.
1: So welcome to episode 39. Almost to 40. We're almost... In middle age. Yeah. And because we're growing up, (laughs) we've decided it's time to get real. It's time to get real. Stop being polite and start (laughs) Start getting getting real. real. (laughs) We're going to Jamaica. I'm
0: probably... (laughs) Man, season one, right? Season one.
1: You, uh, you young chat. people don't even get it although I bet that young people probably watch the beginning of the real world like as retro like ironically now do you think
0: a couple years ago they re-released all unlike mtv two uh-huh they re-released all of the like real like the
1: vintage yeah
0: real worlds
1: and they so were so good. amazing they're so, so good amazing. they were real they were real people they were like real adults they had jobs yeah that was the best part yeah they all
0: had Made a living
1: yeah. and had lives. Yeah, they didn't have time to like hook up all the time and drink because they were like, I gotta go to my job tomorrow. I, I know. can't. Um, I this love- is a different show than our show. This is Dumb Love. This is Dumb Love. Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of Dumb Love. Yeah. We are starting a Patreon. Yeah. So that we can hopefully do some more things and we, you know, just kind of pay for some of the costs that are incurred with podcasting. Yeah. And so if you guys would like some extra content, go check out our Patreon. We're going to do some fun things over there. So uh, it is Patreon Dumb Love Podcast. Easy peasy.
0: Easy
1: peasy.
0: We're going to have fun over there.
1: We're going to have fun over there. Join in. See you there. See you there. Okay. First, let's do this episode. Oh, first we're going to do this episode. (laughs) Uh, How about some quickies? Hey, Sally. Yeah. You ready for my cookie? I am. Okay, this is a happy
0: cookie. Ooh, that's a, like a rare, well, a rarity out for you. not happy, but it is. Oh. Uh, so, this is from the Good News Network that you <gasps> That's where mine's from, to. too. So, now I'm going to go over there and I'm going to steal all your content. <laughs> Um, so back in 1985, Mick and Tracy Hepworth were celebrating their recently officiated wedding mm-hmm. with family members during a party. So like not at their wedding, but that they were at a different party. Yeah. When a pair of thieves <gasps> swiped a handbag that contained a roll of film from the ceremony. Okay. So like the wedding photos. Oh yeah. Because the, the handbag was actually, actually belonged to Tracy's cousin, Karen Williams. I believe she was a photographer and like had the photos in her bag. Yeah. But then the These two hoodlums came by and stole it and then ran off. But what they didn't know was that after he had taken everything out of the purse, all the money, he like threw the handbag. So a woman named Angie McHale found the handbag that was completely empty, but it had the roll of film in it. Yeah. And she had the snapshots developed. Like, so she found it that night, but right. then she ended up developing the snapshots. but back then, and so she saw that it was wedding photos, but she and but back then, there was no way for her to know who these people were. yeah. but for but she was, like so kind and held on to them the entire time and never uh, just she just knew that it was something that she couldn't throw away, right. You know, yeah so, Angie had actually moved like three or four times in the last time she moved and she kept taking these photos with her which is so kind.
1: That is so kind. And she
0: was like you know what I'm going to put these on Facebook you know because now we have technology. Yeah. So she posted the photos on Facebook and she lived in uh, Leeds. She posted them and, and then everyone shared them around town like certainly somebody has to know who these belong to. Yeah. And apparently there were 400 to 500 comments on the post of people trying to figure out who they belong to. And so So Karen, the cousin whose purse it was, saw the photographs and was like, oh my gosh, these are the pictures. So they contacted Angie and asked her to to meet them up and get them. But Angie decided to deliver them to their house. But when they got there... Um, Their entire family was waiting for her with flowers because they were like, it was such a thought. Um, She said it was a thoughtful gesture for what was a complete stranger. It shows that Facebook can be used for good. And so the timing couldn't have been more perfect because Mick and Tracy are going to celebrate their 35th wedding anniversary this July.
1: And they got
0: their wedding photos from 35 years ago. Really
1: sweet. Isn't that? Can I tell you what it made me think of? What? And stop me if I've told this story on the podcast, but my friend Sam, when we all lived in Cincinnati, we were all friends with this guy named Mac. And Sam and Mac moved to New York at the same time to pursue their comedy dreams. And then Mac disappeared. He just was like, fell off the grid. They were supposed to move in together, and then he just disappeared. Oh my God. They got in a storage unit together, and Mac left all of his stuff. And so eventually Sam was like, I gotta like sell I gotta get rid of the storage unit. And so he tried to contact Mac, never heard back from him. So he ended up, he sold all the stuff. But one thing he was like, I can't sell were Mac's grandfather's ashes. Oh. So (laughs) Sam had these ashes for forever. And then when Ben and I moved to New York, we were moving in and Sam and our friend Alex helped us move in. And when we were like putting things away, we find this just teapot in our apartment. And finally, I look in it, and I was like, you motherfuckers left Max Grandpa's ashes at our house. <laughs> so then we we gave it became on purpose, like, it's your problem
0: now. Yes. Oh, As my like,
1: God. Total prank. So then we gave them, uh, they, they lived in New York, too. So we, we gave them a coffee pot for Christmas, and then we snuck in. Max Grandad's ashes oh in the coffee and gave them back. And then when Alex moved out to L.A., they snuck him back into our apartment. So then... Oh my... This is blowing my mind.
0: You guys have been swapping a dead grandpa. Because you can't get you... you carry. rid for of For years. For years. This has been... So are you separating the ashes like a little over here and a little over here?
1: No, they're all in this teapot. Oh, okay, okay. No, so they come together. We haven't, we haven't <laughs> spread the ashes. And I should say that like... This is after much, much try, trying, trying to, to find, find him, him, him. and yeah, be like, yeah, yeah. "Hey, we have your grandpa." Like <laughs> oh uh, Alex's girlfriend is actually she was like very horrified by this whole thing, and so she's like, "This is not funny." So she contacted, she tracked down on Facebook, she contacted Mac's stepdad, but then it turns out he is no longer married to the mom, and so he was like, "I don't know where Mac is." So it was this whole thing like we've tried to find him. So anyway, so when. Alex moved. I was going to mail them to him, but then we ended up moving. And so I, we moved. Max's grandpa is in Georgia. You have them? Oh, yeah. I still have them. <gasps> he has moved. He's in our bedroom. Oh, my God. So Sam moved. And I was like, I'm going to send these back to Sam, right? So I have them all packaged up. But then, twist, Mora gets a message. And it's from Max stepdad, I think, or somebody who was like, hey, I heard you were getting trying to get a hold of him. Here's his new number. So she gets a hold of Mac and she's like, hey, I know this is weird. I don't know if you remember me, but blah, blah, blah. And he finally replied and was like, oh, yeah, man, sorry for like leaving. I was like going through a lot of stuff. But yeah, that'd be cool if somebody could send me those ashes. And so I have not done that yet, but I will someday. This was your cookie. I would just save it. For next week.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. Isn't that that crazy? Insane. (laughs) So we've been training with someone's dead grandfather for how many years?
1: Oh, I mean since Max was Before he was born. Wow. So he's four. So like at least five years. So this has been going back and forth. Like, yeah, since we moved to New York. Oh my God. Insane. Isn't that crazy? Yes. And I kind of feel, I'm like, I need to get rid of these because I kind of feel like it's haunting haunting my house. Yes. (gasps) Oh my God. Yeah. Holy
0: shit. Maybe that's why he doesn't want them. Right? Because they're haunting. Yeah. He was like, I can't,
1: I I can't get rid of them, but I can't, I can't keep them. Awesome. No, but I mean, maybe that's, that's me. why this guy doesn't. want I know to that's what I'm saying. His... Like he was like, he just left them in the storage because oh. he was like, I can't personally get rid of them, but I'm not gonna keep them. Holy shit! This is a horror movie. Isn't it crazy? Yes. So yeah, that we've been swapping that around. So maybe maybe when I send them to him, his whole family will be there waiting some flowers yeah and it turns out this is what's crazy is we thought like oh he must have left New York whatever because we were all good friends with this guy right he was a comic too we all like lived in Cincinnati at the same time and then turns out he's just been like living in New York this whole time (gasps) anonymously anonymously
0: wow
1: yeah Holy shit! Well, not not in this anymore. Not in yeah. We <laughs> just Holy blew them up. Holy fuck! Yep. That's so nuts. <laughs> All right. Well, that's my quickie. <laughs> there you go. Okay.
0: <laughs> hey, Sally. Yes, John. Oh man, like my crazy story is gonna be a little less crazy compared to <laughs> the story you just told us. Holy shit. So, my crazy story this week comes by way of who the believe did I marry? Oh, One I got to watch it. My faves. And then also an article for the Texas District and County Attorneys Association. So, this is the story of Jason Witt and Andrea Stanley.
1: Have you heard? I haven't. Okay.
0: Okay, so in 2005, Jason Witt, who was originally from Connecticut, attended graduate school at the University of Texas in Austin. And then afterwards, he started working in the Information technology, also known as IT. I have heard of that. <laughs> Information <laughs> technology. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was back before they had shortened it. Yes. <laughs> back when it was long.
0: Um, so he had a, a good job, you know, and he was finally looking to settle down. He admitted that he used to have like real big commitment issues, but then he told all of his friends, like, listen, I don't want to be this way anymore. Like, teach me how to do all the right stuff. Like, okay. Make me be good. Be in a really serious monogamous relationship they said that he made changes to better himself i don't know what that means like not cheating i don't know (laughs) weird and so at the suggestion of his friends though he decided to start online dating to find his match so Mm -hmm. this is where he came across a beautiful brunette uh, by the name of andrea stanley andrea was a 24 year old medical technician she was working as a respiratory technician in a neonatal intensive care unit in the hospital in palestine texas So you know she had a good job, you know, at at a young age too. Yeah. But she was also a single mother to an elementary school age daughter. Okay. So Jason and Andrea instantly hit it off. They had like instant chemistry and really great banter. He says that her like writing style was she was just so engaging and funny. Yeah. She actually used to have like blogs and stuff too, um, like mom blogs and stuff. Yeah.
1: Oh, she had a mom blog at twenty. I guess, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, she had a daughter. And, yeah. yeah. He just was really smitten with her, you Yeah, know, just chatting online. He loved to talk to her. But his only concern was the fact that she had a daughter because he said he's never dated anybody with a kid, and he was just worried about custodial issues. Yeah. If the kid's father's in the picture, is he going to be okay with another guy being around? Like right. that kind of thing. Yeah, it and adds, so, a, adds a, a
1: complicated layer. For yeah. sure.
0: So he asked her about it on their first date and Andrea actually opened up to him and told him that, no, the father's not in the picture because when she was a teenager, she had actually been raped and became <sighs> pregnant. And so she said that the father was in jail and she was raising the daughter on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jason just thought like, wow, like what an amazing and strong woman. You know, mm-hmm. this is incredible that she is doing all of this on her own. And he just really liked her a lot and wanted to see her again. So then they... Happily dated for several months. And then in February of 2006, Andrea told Jason that she was pregnant. Mm. Yeah. So, and he said, you know, he was. He just needed a little bit of time to think about what the next step should be. Yeah. We haven't been dating for very long, but I really like you, but I don't know, should we get married or just co-parent or like, what should we do? I don't know. I need some time. Right. But she said, uh, but apparently after a week and a a half of him deliberating, she was like, no, you need to give me the answer like right now. She was like, you either marry me or you don't, you know, and if I get married, I want to get married before it. I'm showing. Yeah. So they did decide to get married, and then, um, but only a month later, Jason received a phone call from Andrea, and she was absolutely devastated because she had lost the baby. Yeah. And so um, he still, you know, loved her and wanted to be with her. So he made her a get well bag, like Derek Jeter. Oh yeah. (laughs) If (laughs) you listened to last week's episode.
1: Um, So. Was it Derek Jeter though, or was it? It Eli? was. I, I okay, looked. Okay, it was a, Derek Jeter. Yeah, I googled it because I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to spread false rumors about Derek Jeter. But yeah. it wasn't. It was apparently. If you guys listened last week, I was talking about how I had read somewhere that Derek Jeter gave his conquests, his one night stands, he would like call them a, a car, and then in the car would be like a swag bag, a swag bag <laughs> with like autographed.
0: Like oh my <laughs> Yankee God. stuff from him. It was I didn't like know they a were autographs. It was there. like a parting gift. Jeez. Well, this was a get well bag, so it okay. <laughs> like that. But inside the get well bag was a diamond ring. So then he asked her to marry him. That was the way that he proposed, which is very strange. Oh, okay, so they yeah. hadn't gotten married well, yet. Well, I guess like proposed Again, yeah, like in the right way with a ring. Like I still want to marry you even though we're not having a baby together. Yeah. Right. So they set the date. It was going to be a quick wedding because they set the date for just two months later. Okay. So fast, fast according to Jason, he said that she kind of became a bridezilla. Mm -hmm. Um, She would text him crazy things during the day, and then they would fight, and she would say, I'm going to leave you at the altar and stuff like that. And so he wrote it off to, like, wedding stress and hormones from, you know, the post-pregnancy. Then they did end up getting married, even though some their friends were like, we didn't know if it was going to happen or not because they would fight all the time. But they did get married, and they definitely had ups ups and downs. And he started to worry about uh, what he called called her mood swings and one night he asked her like you know where are these mood swings coming from you're mm-hmm. like here and there and up and down and she said you know like listen i'm really depressed and that the anniversary of her rape was coming up oh. and was feeling like really out of sorts but a few weeks later she was feeling much better and things were looking up and she actually found out she was pregnant again Dang. um yeah so she ended up giving birth to a baby boy that november and the couple were just on cloud nine so And things were going really well. But then one night her daughter made a comment and Andrea uh, went into a fit of rage apparently and started throwing glass everywhere. And she had the baby in her arms and Jason begged her to give him the baby back, but she wouldn't. So Jason called the police on her and Andrea took both kids and got in the car and drove off. That's scary. It is. Now I would like to say... (laughs) (laughs) Post-pregnancy hormones are a mother... Fucker. Yeah, that's
1: that's some real shit.
0: It's a real shit, and so I, I, I one time I will say I was having a hard time with breastfeeding. It was not working out for me. Uh-huh. It was I had I had done all the things. I went and saw like specialists, yeah. and all that stuff, and I was sitting one night, and I was like, I had the baby in one arm, and I had the pump in the other, and I was pumping. Oh. I was exhausted. And I felt terrible, and it wasn't working, and. All my husband said to me was, he goes, are you sure you're doing it right? <laughs> right? Did he get a pump full of breast milk in his head? I, then- so, okay. So I I didn't throw it at him, but I threw, I went into a fit of rage and I threw the breast pump at the wall. It's oh, like yeah. $300 pump oh, yeah. at the wall. I was just like, I, I had I was exhausted and yeah. I was like the the, the f- I know he didn't mean anything by it but to me it sounded like in my head I was hearing you can't do you you can't do anything right cuz you're not breastfeeding right, right and now you're not even doing this right and you're not a good mother and you're not doing yeah. and I just I I flipped And so I threw it at the wall. And so Zach immediately grabbed Sully out of my hands and like ran into another room because he was like, this bitch is crazy. (laughs) But the act of him taking the baby and going into another room, which I know is the right thing to do. He was protecting the baby. But in my mind, I was like, now you're taking my baby. Yes. And I flipped my shit. I like, I left, I left the house and I like drove around like a crazy person in like a bathrobe. (laughs) And I, it's not funny. It's my
1: shit. I 100% relate. Yeah,
0: I want other people to hear this just because I want you to know that after you have a baby, if you're
1: feeling nuts and crazy, it's totally fucking normal. It's totally normal. And the best thing you can do is hand somebody else the baby and leave for a bit. Like, I would take, I'd be like, I need to take a shower. And I'd take like a 30 minute shower. I'd just be like, I can't, I can't do this right now. I need to. Oh my god! I lost yeah. it. So when
0: I heard this this part of the episode or whatever, he was like, "And she threw a glass." And I'm like, "Well, what did you fucking do? Yeah, what did you say? <laughs> what did her daughter say?
1: What? Yeah, what yeah. look did you get? Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly." And so and then you called the police on her. Can you imagine if Zach had called the police on me? I, I would have like I would have went to jail. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> I would have went to jail. So oh my god. Okay, so I'm gonna give Andrea the benefit of the doubt on this one. Uh-huh. But when the police tracked her down. Apparently they found her and she was super calm and collected. And she told the police like, "What? I, I, I was out to dinner this whole time with the kids." Just completely made up an- yeah. another story. And Jason was like, "Whoa! Like she is so good at lying." Yeah. You know, and she lied right to the police. They completely believed her. She lied to the police in front of me, even though I knew the truth. Right. Like what else? And could her daughter she knew she the truth. About yeah yeah yeah. yeah. In December of 2008, they had gotten into another fight and she was at her parents' house. And Jason called her mom to mm-hmm. talk to her mom, like, what should we do? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, just wanting to reach her. And then he asked her, he said, you know, I'm just curious, after what she went through when she was a teenager, when she was raped, did she ever go get help for that? Uh-huh. And the mom was like, what? Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so Tina was like, maybe you need it. Tina was her mom's name. And she was confused. And she was like, maybe you need to talk to Andrea but she told her, him that Andrea's daughter was not the product of rape, but that Andrea had been married to this little girl's father before. They went for a short time when they were teenagers. So she did get pregnant when she was a teenager, yeah. but they were married. And so Jason confronted Andrea about this, and she admitted that she lied to him. Yeah. And that she said that she was married to him, but he did rape her. But the parents forced her to get married because he was the son of a prominent person in town. So that's Andrea's story. That's yeah. what she told him. And then so Andrea also had told Jason in the past that her own father was physically abusive with her. Mm -hmm. So when Jason asked her mother about that, Tina told him, like, you know, he wasn't the perfect father, but he was never
1: physically abusive. Yeah.
0: Anyway, you know, he knew that she lied to him, but he still wanted to stay with her and get counseling. And so they went to counseling together. His family was not crazy about it. They were like, fuck this. Like, leave. Get out of there. Yeah. Um, But he still wanted to be with her. And then soon after, she became pregnant with her second child and um oh, man. he says that like you know he wanted to work on it with her and but that she wouldn't go to count like she stopped going to counseling she stopped working on it and he says you know this isn't a good look and I didn't want to I really struggled with it but even though she was pregnant I ended up leaving her yeah so. There's like two sides, you know, I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm always like, siding with the crazy <laughs> lady, and I'm like, well, you know, he fucking left her when she was pregnant. Yeah. But I mean, but I, according to, you know, his side, he was like, he didn't want to, but
1: she, he just couldn't live with right. her anymore. I mean, I have a feeling that however this ends, that it'll be undeniable. It'll be I'll undeniable, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so on September 4, 2009, after three years of marriage, he filed for divorce. And when he filed for divorce, it... Was like, he set off a nuclear bomb. Yeah. You know, she went crazy. And then after they had the second child, for two years, it was a back and forth, huge, contentious custody battle. Yeah. Like, she did everything she could to keep him away from their children. She filed six accusations of child abuse against Jason. And there were two or three police investigations, but the allegations were proven false And they found her in contempt, actually. She was forced to allow him visitation mm-hmm. because she was found in contempt for lying and for like violating
1: a custody order. Yeah,
0: and violating custody order. So, and then in addition to the lies, Andrew would blog that Jason hit her, that he went on cocaine binges, and that he abused her daughter, and that he was cruel to her during pregnancies, and would leave home for days or a week at a time and and so on. And she admitted to him though in emails and in therapy, yeah, that she was she had lied and that she was wrong to spread the lies so she admitted to lying yeah and so things were really crazy but then there was like a few weeks where things seemed very calm mm-hmm. and the calm before the storm and so then one weekend and it was her weekend with the kids he dropped off the kids with her And then he went and watched the Super Bowl with some friends. Mm -hmm. And he admitted that, you know, he had a bunch to drink. And, you know, he was drunk when he got home and he passed out. So this was on February 6, 2012. And at at around 4 a.m., he wakes up and he sees something next to his bed. But then all of a sudden, he feels this big crack against his skull. (gasps) And then he hears a pop of a gun. And so, like, a yeah, a pop of a gun. (laughs) It sounded like... A gun. <laughs> okay. So he uh, he like turns the light on and he sees Andrea standing there with a gun pointing at him, and then she tells him to turn over, and then she ties up his feet and hands with zip ties, and then she starts wrapping the bed sheets around him and covers his face with Saran wrap. What? Yeah, and apparently. According to this other article, she told him that she wanted him to sign over his custody, to email his lawyer and say, give her everything, like custody. Yeah. But he was able to break out of the zip ties and she shot at him, but he was able to knock the gun to the ground, and then he started to push her out of the room. He got the gun, and in order to get her out of the room, he was like hitting her on the head with the gun to like get her out. <gasps> yeah. And so he called the police, locked her out of his room, He called the police and said he needed help, and that he didn't know if she was still in the house or not. Yeah. And so when the police got there, Andrea was already gone, but they rushed him to the hospital. And it wasn't until he got to the hospital that he realized that he had been shot in the face. (gasps) Yeah. The, The bullet went through his cheek and under his ear and out the back of his neck, but it didn't hit anything major.
1: That's crazy. It's
0: like a miracle. Yeah. So the police locate... Andrea, at another hospital four hours away. So she was there, I guess, because he hit her in the head, but she claimed that she was a victim of domestic violence and that he beat her in the head with a gun. But she, when they got there, they placed her under arrest for aggravated assault. And at the trial, she was, of course, claiming that she was the victim. Yeah. But one of Andrea's ex-boyfriends testified that she had done the same kind of things to him. And their psychiatrist that they were seeing testified that she was a habitual liar and that she had a disturbing pattern of terrorizing the men in her life. Oh, crazy? crazy. I didn't know psychiatrists could do that. I think, I don't know
1: either. I didn't know either. I didn't. That changes everything. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me think about what I'm telling my psychiatrist. (laughs) Pause. (laughs) So
0: um, she was convicted on all counts and sentenced to 50 years in prison. And Jason still questions if he ever knew, if anything he knew about her was ever real And he right now is a a full-time single dad. And Mm -hmm. on June 6, 2013, Andrea filed an appeal. Conviction and her current release date is set at February 9th, 2062. So far away.
1: That's real far away.
0: And Andrea's daughter now lives with her paternal grandmother. And her and Jason and Andrea's divorce was finalized in January of
1: 2011. Man, what? That's it. A crazy story. Isn't
0: it crazy? So yeah, I like definitely sympathize with her in some things, but she obviously was,
1: yeah, cuckoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She had some real mental problems. Yeah. Oof. Scary, scary stuff. Oh yo, you. I oh, hope yo, yo. you have
0: something nice to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you? I do. Okay, I do. Okay. I do. I have a nice, sweet story. Okay. Hey Jen hey sally i do have a nice story yay <laughs> this is a nice story about a nice couple so this is the story i got this from uh, an article in today.com by yoon Kyun kim and an article in people.com by rose mintigulio nice so this is a story of anna claire and jim waldrop So Anna Claire and Jim met in kindergarten in the small town of New Albany, Mississippi, and they were friends from the beginning. And actually, in middle school, they took best friend yearbook pictures together. It's really cute cute because they're just like, they look so quintessentially middle school like she's real tall she's obviously like gone through her growth spurt and he's just still looks like he's 10 okay. <laughs> he's like sitting they're very cute so then the day before they had started sixth grade jim had called claire and asked her if she wanted to go with them Aww. <laughs> and the two were boyfriend girlfriend throughout eighth grade but then they started dating seriously in their junior year of high school, and Anna Clara said that even then she knew that Jim was the one. Aww, they were like Everyone's planning.
0: Everyone's the one in, jun- in I know in high
1: school, <laughs> but though. he's like the real. He's like the, the, one, real, one. Real one. the yeah. one. The real, the one, one. The one. So they decided to plan their future together. They went to the same community college, and then they both transferred to Delta State University. And Anna Claire was studying. Uh, speech pathology, and Jim studied biology. And then in early 2016, Jim proposed at Chia State Park in Alabama, and he hid the ring at the bottom of a picnic basket. And there's a really cute picture of them um, after the proposal. So they started planning the wedding right away. Everybody was so happy for them. You know, their families knew each other. We had been thinking about this since they were little kids. So they picked a venue, and they picked a wedding date, October 22nd. So then on Valentine's Day, the two went to a party, and they were driving home, and they noticed this car speeding up behind them. And they knew something was off about the car. No. And then the driver hit Anna Claire's side of the car, and Jim flew through the sunroof, and Anna Claire stayed in the car, strapped in her... Um, I was going to say car seat, but her seat belt. Yeah. And the car flipped over four times. Oh, no. And you can actually see pictures of the car, and it is completely totaled. Uh. It's amazing that they survived. The driver was drunk, of course, and being a small town, it was actually somebody that they knew. Oh, no. Jim, amazingly, only suffered very minor injuries, but Anna Claire's neck was broken. <gasps> And when she woke up in the hospital, she was told that she had quadriplegic injuries, which meant that she could no longer use her arms or her legs. And Anna Claire said that she didn't remember the crash and that the first month in the hospital was a total blur. She was moved to a rehab facility called the Shepherd Center, actually here in Atlanta. And she said that it wasn't until she started rehab, which was about a month after her after the car crash, that she really grasped her injuries. Like, she said she knew she couldn't move, but she kind of thought, well, this is all going to go away. And it wasn't until she looked around and saw other patients who were really struggling to work on these injuries that she was like, this struck her, that this was something permanent. And she said that's when she got very scared. But... She was extremely motivated. She said, I remember nurses and my family talking at the hospital, like how with my kinds of injuries, you never know how long it will take to come back. She said, I knew my wedding was coming up, and I didn't want to change the date, and that pushed me to recover.
0: Wow.
1: And in addition to like her family and friends who were constantly there, she had Jim, and he was traveling back and forth between Atlanta and Mississippi every week so that he could finish up his biology degree. And Anna Claire says... He had to take care of me physically as well as emotionally, and he did a phenomenal job. I don't know if I would have done so well if the roles had been reversed. And Jim, who everybody calls Jimbo, but I won't because we don't know each other, um, (laughs) was learning everything that he needed to to become her primary caregiver because he was like, we're getting married and she is going to live with me. But the physicians were all telling him that she should just go home with her parents. Aww. And he says they were all over us telling her, like, not all marriages work out, especially under these circumstances. You guys are young. You don't know if he's going to stay with you through this. And Jim said it made her, him so angry. He was like, they didn't understand our relationship at all. They didn't understand anything about us. And Anna Claire says that she never saw him upset. He was always in with her strong and positive. He would walk into the room and make her laugh. And she always just felt better when he was there. And so Jim actually graduated in the spring, which I think is so crazy. So this was in February they had the accident. I guess wow. it's not an accident. I mean, it was an accident, but there was uh, they got hit by the car. And then he graduated in the spring and found a job at a middle sc- as a middle school science teacher and a football coach. And he ended up buying a house that was wheelchair accessible and he converted the home in the garage into a rehab gym. Wow. So Anna Claire, meanwhile, was working really hard at rehab with the aim of being able to make her wedding date. And her physical therapist from the Shepherd um, S- Shepherd Center actually took her wedding dress shopping because they were like, "You need. To, we need to get you out into the community. You need to see what real life is going to be. Life yeah. is going to be like outside of here. And she said it was really hard because it's not like what she pictured her wedding dress shopping being. But she yeah. said, but the second dress she tried on it was like this lacy off the shoulder beautiful dress she was like it just all of a sudden i was like this is the one this is my wedding dress Mm -hmm. and she said it just they made the experience so fun for her So, on the day of their wedding, Anna Claire, who when she started rehab had no mobility, was able to move her left arm and her wrists so she could like move her wheelchair, you know, she could navigate her wheelchair. So, she was able to go down the aisle on her own in a wheelchair and she wore that off the shoulder gown, which is beautiful. We'll put pictures. And she was glowing. And Jim said, When I saw her in the dress, it was a million times more than I expected. I couldn't believe it. It was such a blessing. Everything went smooth and she looked beautiful. And he says that, that Anna Claire is like someone who wears her emotions on her face, which I can completely relate to. Like uh-huh. I can never hide how I feel about something. And he said he could just see that she was happy.
0: Aww.
1: And she said that, of course, she struggled with accepting what the reality of her wedding day was versus what she would pictured all those years. Like, of course... Not only, I mean, think about, like, I wasn't somebody who ever pictured my wedding, but she says, like, she pictured her wedding. And not only did she picture her wedding, but she pictured the man, you know, the person who she was going to get married to. She had the whole picture in her mind. I just said picture 10 times. (laughs) Um, And now it was completely different. You know, it was a completely different situation. She said, you know, it was an emotional thinking about having to be in a wheelchair as a quadriplegic for my wedding. But it was beautiful, and I'm finally happy. Aw. So not only did she get married in 2016 on her date, but she actually graduated from college in December of 2016. That's
0: awesome. And so
1: she got her degree in speech and hearing science, and she regained has regained partial wrist movement and can now wiggle her toes. Um, and she and Jim, who actually dresses her every morning and does her hair and makeup, They continue to develop this new normal. She went to grad school at at University of Memphis. And as far as I can tell from uh, the light internet stalking I did, (laughs) she and Jim are as together and cute as ever. And she says, uh, I'm not going to say that everything is just happy all the time because it's not. It's hard. But I knew in the long run that we wanted to be together. And so we did everything possible to get to this point so we could be together and happy. And that's where we are now. And Jim says that his relationship with Anna Claire has grown a 1,000 times stronger since the accident. He says he knows that some people feel sorry for them, but that they shouldn't. He says, I'm not sad at all. My heart breaks for other people who never got to experience a love that I've experienced. I wake up every single day with somebody I love more than anything in the world. Oh, I love that. I know, isn't that sweet? So that was that's the story of Anna Claire and Jim Waldrop. Oh, wow. All right, should we do Something Dumb and Something We Love? Let's do it. You're first, Nan. Um, okay, so
0: for my Something Dumb... You can't see him because he's in the office, but my dogs, both of my dogs are old. Yeah. They're like, one of them is at least 16 years old, and then the other one is at least 12. We don't know their exact ages. Yeah. Miles, the oldest one, he is in diapers right now. He's a dog diaper. Oh. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's also very cute, but dumb. It's but so yeah, dumb. this dog, I mean, it's crazy because he has survived so much yeah he's been attacked by another dog he's been bitten by a copperhead snake he's had cancer before we had those tumors removed and now we, he had cancer again but the tumors because we had them removed before we can't remove them now okay um so he has like he's covered in tumors but yeah he um but every time we think that like, oh, this is it, this is it, this yeah. is like, and then all of a sudden he just perks back up. And he's <laughs> I totally remember, he, it a,
1: was, a yeah. couple months ago you were like, we're going to have to put put him down, I don't know what we're going to do. And then you were like, I don't know, he made some miracle comeback. When I tell you that, okay,
0: it, it was October. Yeah. It was like October we had, at the beginning of October, we had had the, I, I was in the middle of... Producing Red Clay with yeah. Mike and Gilbert. And I told them, I was like, listen, I'm putting the dog... I'm it was like that week, right? That week, I was like, please, like, I'll get through this week, but just don't ask me about the dog. Because yeah. I'll I just, I'll, I'll lose it. So just don't talk to me about it. But And like me and Sully took miles out for like his last ice cream oh. like the date was set yeah like, he was going we were going to put him down and then all of a sudden the morning we woke up to do it it was doggy ice cream by the way yeah. so, like, <laughs> leave me alone pita
1: There's get off my bed doggy ice cream and so uh,
0: <laughs> the morning we got up to go to take him we had babysitters and everything zach and i and he, we were like he seems fine (laughs) we can't we can't do it today's not the day yeah and then and now it is fucking march and he is still powering through like a little champ but now he's got diapers on
1: which is somehow just more adorable it's real cute
0: so that's (laughs) dumb that he's old and in diapers um but you know we love them (laughs) hanging in there and then something i love this just kind of happened which is real cool is there was like a flash sale to round trip tickets to paris i (gasps) called you
1: about it i know and um, i i sat on it too long i looked the next day and it was like thousands of dollars that night so we bought our tickets i bought so now we're all going to paris
0: in october which is great Um, amazing for two like 295 round trip it's crazy but then my parents were going to buy them and then when they went to go buy them they were already gone.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, we looked. I wonder if it's just it has to be a certain amount out, but yeah, I I asked Ben about it and it wasn't his same break, so oh. we couldn't have done those dates and then I looked at other dates and it wasn't worked, but I'm going to I'm going to set an alert because that's yeah, crazy. set an alert
0: because these things happen. All of you guys set alerts. And yeah. then, you know, if you see these opportunities, you just buy them and ask later. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Jen's <laughs> going to the, Paris. Yeah. So we're going <laughs> to Paris. That's amazing. That's very um, exciting. Yeah. What about, yeah. Well, wow. kind of similar to going to Paris, we went to the Monster Truck Jam. <laughs> that is just like Paris. <laughs> it is very much like Paris. So it's, a bunch of. <laughs>
0: cultural. <laughs> The food is amazing.
1: (laughs) It was, oh yeah, we had some Parisian popcorn (laughs) and uh, a hot dog. A friend of ours, whose kid also goes to Max's daycare, Uh uh, their best buds, um, was like, hey, let's get tickets to the Monster Truck Jam because I know the kids are going to love to go to it. And we were like, perfect, let's go. This will be great. It'll blow their minds, right? So we're looking at tickets. They're like $22. Fine. That's Fine. And uh, and then, but then when we go to buy them, they end up being $40 each. And I'm like, Ben That's a lot of money. I was like, I don't need to trucks. go. It's a lot of money for a monster trucks for a yeah. four-year-old, you know. Anyway, we get the tickets, and it's
0: like $40 a park.
1: We took the train, that oh, was smart, but it was still it was a big to-do, right? Yeah. So Max is so hyped up, he was so hyped. And he was so hyped that when we got there, we put those earmuff things on him, and oh. he fell asleep, <laughs> and he slept through 45 minutes of the monster truck jam. Oh, and guys. then when he woke up, he wasn't all that happy about the monster truck oh, jam. Oh, no, because it's loud
0: as hell. It's <laughs> so loud. And, and I'm going to be with you,
1: it was not that exciting.
0: Oh, man. Every co- comedian this weekend was at the monster truck I rally know. and posting pictures. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I what uh, yeah. did you think? Did you like the Monster Truck Rally?
1: Well, listen, I've been to one before. I've never. Oh, you should go. Well, here's the thing. I went when I was like 23, and it was this whole big thing. It was like there was motocross. There were cars. They were crushing cars. It was a whole – it was like chaos, and I loved it. It's not a thing I would think I would love, but we got free tickets, and so went. This was in Florida, and then – so, I was so excited to actually go to the Monster Jam, but they've tried to make it into a sport. So now it's like a competition and oh. it was very slow. There really wasn't that much exciting going on. And yeah, I thought it was just kind of boring, yeah. which is a sad thing to th- say about tr- when you're seeing trucks flip in the air. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, it we're wasn't- just overstimulated these days, like everything's boring.
1: Maybe. No, I think it's just, I think it just wasn't that awesome. Okay. (laughs) And like everybody's wearing earplugs or earmuffs. You can't talk to anybody. It was like a whole thing. Yeah. It was very, uh, it was very weird. But so that's dumb. And I guess also I love, I love my kid. You love your kid. Okay. That's yeah. I was like, I don't think I have anything else. (laughs) I don't think you do love the monster truck, Kyle. You just said that. You just said
0: it. Uh, Man. Well, Great episode. Great up, man. I think. Great up. <laughs> we'll see. You guys tell us what you think. Yeah. We'll see once we edit it and put yeah. it out if it's great or not. But man, <laughs> we love you guys so much. Yeah. We really, 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 truly do. You guys are amazing. Thank you for engaging with us and talking to
1: us. We love seeing you guys at shows and stuff. We we hope that you join us on Patreon. Yeah. And, uh, and, if, and if you can't or you don't want to, that's cool too. We love yeah. having you here. And um, uh, follow us on Instagram on Facebook, on Twitter, all at Dumb Love Podcast. Email us at dumblovepod at Gmail. Get us those stories, get you guys. Us those stories. Send us your dumb Love stories. We yeah. want to hear them. Yeah. And uh and rate and review.
0: Yep, and get out there and go do something dumb. for dum down